Hello, everybody, once again, and welcome to the Narrowgate Podcast. My name is Benjamin Hoover, licensed marriage and family therapist out of Roseville, California. And welcome. I think I've already welcomed you. I am sitting here with some apple cider vinegar in one of my ear canals to break up some fluid. You know, just just some food for thought there, just in case you guys were interested more in my personal life, even though I share a lot of my personal life anyway. Um, but, you know, maybe, you know, what I'm going to share uh, is going to be too risque, and you can focus on the uh, apple cider vinegar in my ear. It's kind of like that same concept of if someone's in a, a certain amount of physical pain. I think they do this in the movies, and they... the, the <laughs> The uh, the person the the bystander tries to help that person get rid of their pain um, by uh, inflicting pain in another area of their body, so they forget about that uh, that first pain. Anyway, that was a lot of rambling. Um, so today, or in this episode, I am uh, I am addressing uh, further on pornography. And I've had a co- I have two I think I have two written pieces um, that's also on my blog and my website and uh, and they're they're titled why pornography uh, can draw us closer to our hearts and uh, yeah kind of a uh, kind of a uh, controversial title there um, and purposely so both to catch attention and actually I, I mean it. So, uh, so this is the third part in the series, and I think it might be the last part, unless more, uh, more insight comes, but, uh, but this is, uh, this is the third part of, uh, in the series of why pornography can draw us closer to our hearts, and, uh, and it's, it's, what I'm focusing on in this is, uh, what we actually specifically watch, uh, how that reflects something about us, something in our hearts. Um, and I don't mean in a shameful way, I mean actually uh, uh, that can help us understand what we're trying to meet when we turn to pornography. Um, and my whole point in this writing has, uh, or in this series has been uh, to look at pornography in this non-judgmental way because especially like in um, Christian churches in that circle, it, it gets a lot of judgment and then you have people that are struggling with it and, and looking at it and then they hate themselves for it and, they, and they're hiding about it and then people don't know, like we form accountability groups and then we address the behavior of it. Um, I mean, I'm sure there's some great groups out there uh, that, that I think maybe venture deeper in, but there's this tendency uh, in accountability groups to really kind of just sort of scratch the surface uh, and address the behavior and, hey, what could you do differently and next time and, you know, and, 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 and yet, um, and yet I think that sets us up for failure, actually. Um, it kind of perpetuates not the, not the acting out in this or viewing pornography as much as this continual hiding and shame of it. So, um, and, and I think too, when we forbid this, in ourselves, we can't, we can't, we can't do this, you know, and, and human nature is when something's forbidden, 
uh, we want to know why. And so we actually go closer to it. And I think actually we have this invitation to do so. Um, you know, I don't know if maybe encouragement is the word to do it, but I do think we have this invitation to do it and uh, to go into the forbidden, to the illicit, to the outlawed, however you want to phrase it. And and I think when we do, we can learn a whole lot. Um, the problem is not in the behavior. The issue is when we actually hide. And um, and so the, the, the greatest problems and the entrenched struggles uh, come not from from what we seek the the outlet itself um, but but really what we push down and bury and don't reveal and so I think I think kind of linearly or progressively it happens in this way of, of we we embark on something say viewing pornography and then we feel kind of this overwhelming sense of shame or fear if you will um, like it just overtakes our body and like oh my god what what just happened um, whoa, that was kind of fun, but it was a scary, and I don't even know how to handle this. And then we naturally, we judge it, or we judge ourselves. Um, well, that, I think that was wrong, or, you know, that was bad, or was evil, or whatever. And, and, uh, and then we tend to project this onto others, that, that we think they'll judge us. And sometimes that projection is actually, um, accurate, because people do judge. We, we unfortunately, um, the judgments we carry within, we, uh, these become um, uh, kind of they radiate out in society and they, they get projected out in society and, and of course we avoid it and so uh, or avoid sharing it that is so yeah then we hide it from others um, but, but really underneath all this is we have these needs that we are trying to meet um, and, and, and it's so important to, to gain this awareness and understanding of what we're actually trying to meet, what we're actually trying to connect to, but it becomes obfuscated by hiding. And so it creates this compulsion, and uh, which means we just kind of, uh, in this sort of detached way, we, we keep going deeper and deeper into it. And then this the hiddenness of it and the, the, the pain of that hiddenness hits this max capacity, and then we... Um, maybe break down to someone else and we share it or we hit rock bottom or whatever, however you want to term it, we, we kind of enter into this extreme powerless state where we are only way out of this. Well, hopefully our only, well, some people do end up, unfortunately, um, killing themselves, but, but the, the, the desire, the heart's desire is to, to, to come into connection, to be seen. And because the hiddenness of that is what's most destructive. Um, so, you know, so I really want this to be an encouraging series and, uh, that, that we can begin to look at this stuff in ourselves and, um, and, and be able to help others look at it and that we're not judging them. So if someone's turning to pornography, it's like, okay, we don't need to get all up in arms and form vigilantes about it and, and, uh, and, and talk about the, you know, the, the evils of it. Um, that really I think that sets us up for failure and we don't, we're not able to move into understanding more of, of what we're drawn to within it. So, uh, so when pornography gets protested as evil, um, you know, it, it's, it, it stops us from exploring. And, and I think, you know, and I, this question comes up to me or most multiple questions is why do we have this reaction to this anyway? 
and, and and why do we demonize it? What causes us to react? Uh, what what's stopping us from from understanding what what this is really pointing towards? So uh, there are within the realms of pornography, there are clearly evils um, that exist. Uh, but if we paint it with a broad stroke of of it being evil, then naturally when we venture towards it or feel curiosity or desire, then we begin to hate ourselves, or if a fantasy about it comes up, we hate ourselves, and then we um, and, and are just being drawn to it in the first place. And so it blocks us from becoming more conscious of our personal human desires and our fears, our insecurities, our pains, etc. Uh, it's the same thing of like with an affair. If we just judge it as wrong or say that's a sin, um, it, it uh, inhibits this this further exploration of what what drove this partner to reach out to someone else what what were they feeling at the time what were they looking for what was missing in the relationship what's missing in themselves what was uh, difficult to bring something up to their partner and so um, so in a fair yes is it painful absolutely um, but it can it Really, if we venture into the the whys and explore that, and and um, you know, into those kind of uncharted territories, I think I think we begin to learn something a lot more substantial and healing and transformative that can uh, inevitably, I believe, if both people are committed, can strengthen and enhance their relationship. So. Um, so, but when we, you know, are just trying to like stop the behavior, it, it's it's really ineffective. So, so I want to get out of this kind of mindset of just trying to stop the behavior. It's actually, to me, it's far less important than becoming aware and connected to our own hearts. Um, and so, I think when we do that, it will actually uh, reflexively reduce it, and we'll become less disconnected from ourselves and impulsive, and um, and less compulsive. I think it's vital that we get out of this right and wrong mindset uh, because there really is treasure buried underneath this, and we judge we judge so much, and 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 uh, again, I'm going to have a lot. There's going to be a lot of podcasts on the things we've judged, and and bringing that into a different light. So, be prepared to hopefully hopefully uh, get your world flipped upside down. So, I think I've experienced that enough in my life where I think I've become sort of accustomed to it. So with pornography, the just to to simplify this of why we go to this is that there's this very beautiful longing desire for connection. Uh, it's to be engaged with a person and present with them, um, involving ourselves with them face to face, uh, you know, um, laughing and 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 uh, you know, and indulging with that loving other in a sexual encounter, but but we do grow up, or we may experience. It could be in our families where our sexuality is formed. Um, you know, we may people don't talk about it, or if they or it's expressed in shaming, judgmental, mishandled ways, uh, and then they can create this sexual experience that then is met with fear and anxiety, embarrassment. And uh, and our sexuality, it, it it's so, uh, it's so instinctual. It's it's so um, 
uh, just soldered into us. It, it's, it, it can't be removed. It's, it carries the deepest, most intense cries for connection. And there's this long to be seen and known and to reciprocate this to another. So we're, it's, it's actually, uh, it's both. We, we want to be seen and known and we want, we want to be in the presence of others as they reveal themselves to us. It's, it's a very rich, uh, euphoric experience. Um, but yeah, when we experience the shame around our sexuality, some of us may shut it down, which is what I did. I, I, well, I have a very intense libido and, uh, experienced that when I was a teenager and really, really got locked into pornography, but it wasn't pornography again. That was the problem. It was that I felt so much shame about it and, and I hid it. Um, but then, I made this commitment, this, I vowed to God when I was 19, well, I'm not going to masturbate or look at pornography. And I, I, <laughs> I didn't for like 12 years. Um, that's crazy. I, and so I just, I don't know if I even had a sexuality. <laughs> I had to shut it down. Um, but it, but really what launched me into doing that was that I just felt so much guilt and I thought God was judging me. And, um, or there's the other end too, which is to, uh, uh, live in this detached, disconnected, impulsively reactive way, um, which is also what I did, sort of, um, was this attempt to understand my sexuality and connect, and, and it was this, you know, this longing growl for for sexual connection, closeness, and, uh, um, and so, yeah, we end up kind of uh, going down this path, and it deepens us further and further and then we're crossing lines and I'll kind of go into that but um so there's those two ends of the spectrums there so what um th this next part well, what what we watch uh actually reveals a lot about our internal world and our desires um if you've ever thought about why certain pornography attracts you which, if you haven't, then it's probably because you feel a lot of shame or, um, or uh, well, there could be other reactions too. Nothing's coming to mind right now. But, but if we've, we've lived in that shameful realm of it, then we probably haven't, it probably hasn't opened this, this world of understanding why we're drawn to it. But think of it, uh, think of our turning to pornography, or pornography itself, think of it like a mirror. Uh, if you uh, and and I'll go actually more into other episodes about um, um, mirroring how how we are mirrors to one another it brings out the the beauty in us and the desire in us. It also brings out the lack. It brings out the pain, the wounding, all of that. But think of pornography like a mirror. So if you look in a mirror, you get this physical image of yourself, right? And uh, and and but but the mirror. In and of itself, yeah, it, it reflects the physical image, but it also brings up something a lot more. It also brings up the, our perceived image, our perception, the way we see ourselves. Um, and if you've been aware of this in yourself, depending on the day or whatnot, when you look in the mirror, uh, depending on what state, mood state you're in or whatnot, uh, it affects how we see ourselves. It's the same physical appearance. Nothing's drastically changed and uh and yet and yet somehow our view of ourselves has 
So if we're feeling particularly confident, you know, and, and, and loving who we are or whatnot, then we're going to look at our, our physical image very differently when, we, uh, when we're looking in the mirror. But if we're particularly down, self-critical, um, self-judgmental, however you want to phrase it, well, that's going to skew how we see ourselves. And we're not going to like what we look or what we wear or whatnot. So this internal world is coming out naturally as we look at ourselves. So pornography is like this. What we view in pornography is like a mirror. It reflects our internal world and it becomes externalized in the, in the realms of pornography. And, uh, and it's, it's also similar to how we might actually in real life engage with someone sexually. Uh, if we're, uh, and what I mean by that is if we're connected or disconnected from ourselves. So if we're connected to ourselves and we enjoy who we are and our needs and we're understanding our own sexual arousal and desires and whatnot um, and enjoying that, then we can actually enjoy being with the other sexually. Um, but if we're disconnected from ourselves, let's just say uh, we've never been allowed to understand our needs, we've always had to kind of please others and, and, uh, and be kind of the emotional bearers for everybody else and keep them fed and happy and nourished, well then we end up inevitably neglecting our own selves. And so we're going to be highly focused and anxious about um, getting that other one pleased while, uh, and, and, that, and that's really... It actually is, uh, there's a paradox in that. It, when we do that, it, it actually um, reduces the pleasure for both people. But, and, and then there's the other end. If we're, we're impulsive and very self-focused in a, in a fear-based kind of way, um, survival-type way about our own needs, then, then we're going to also neglect the other persons, and it's going to devalue them. So uh, this is not actual connectedness to ourselves we're just we're actually hungry and we're trying to get these needs met and then we neglect others so just something to to understand as we venture a little bit further into this so first and foremost um not first and foremost but a huge component of the sexual experience is enjoyment we're 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 we are created it is designed in us to enjoy and delight and indulge in the sexual experience. In fact, that, that kind of, that indulgement word came to me, I think a week or so ago. And, uh, you know, we think about like when we indulge in foods, right? This kind of sensual engagement, particularly with desserts or like chocolates, like a chocolate cake. Um, you know, we, we bite into it and we, we experience the texture of it. Uh, you know, how it feels going in, how it, how it feels, um, you know, the sugar, the chocolate kind of radiating the, the pleasure of that, um, creating this kind of chemical reaction within and it, and it's, it's just satisfying, right? Well, that's how the sexual experience is, is designed. Um, it, it, we're meant to engage in this way and delight in one another. And so pornography is actually an attempt to create this. You know, I think it's worthwhile asking the question of why does porn even exist? What what is it in reaction to? Why did it even what 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 caused it to to be born and and exist and and be produced? So, and I think in a lot of ways, usually it's kind of a, a reaction where the pendulum swings in the opposite way of of something else far on the other end, 
which is quite possibly that sex was kind of shamed and stifled and it's for procreation and whatever. I mean, there's just been a lot of missing, I think, components or missing factors or understanding of our sexuality and sexual expression. So it's really a reaction to that. And so I think at the heart, it's, it's an attempt to highlight the pleasures of the sexual experience. But it does deviate from this, in my opinion, in many arenas. And so, um, but it's, it's trying to capture the otherworldly pleasures of our sexuality. Um, and so when we look at pornography, obviously, automatically, it arouses the sexuality within. It's eliciting sexual desire. It's a, it's a, it's a great thing that we have this arousal. Um, but we also, you know, kind of then find ourselves lost in how to enjoy our sexuality when we've grown up with it not being, like, taught in that way, that our sexuality is good. Um, and even connecting to ourselves sexually, um, individually, that's actually necessary. But we then kind of, we feel lost in it and we avoid fantasy or masturbation or even viewing pornography. And then we try to distance ourselves from feeling aroused or we keep this hidden life that perpetuates relational or self-disconnection. And then that's part of the breeding ground that creates addictions. But, but... Uh, to maybe create a little bit more of an experiential understanding to this enjoyment dynamic within sexuality is that it's 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 meant to be imbued with playfulness and novelty and spontaneity. I put risk and adventure, but that can be taken a, a different way as well. But but I just want to maybe stay on the playfulness, novelty, spontaneity part. That that both partners within that realm and that framework they collaborate and they contribute to cultivating this. Uh, erotic space and satisfaction and so um and so if it i think if it lacks these components it's maybe stemming from uh, a person's fears they feel insecure about themselves sex sexuality they feel discomfort or discomfort about it and and maybe carry some judgments about the sexual experience and so um you know and, but but it needs that level if you think about it like like, when people first connect, just non-sexually, take that out of the realm, when people connect, and I learned this in the dating world, actually, because I, I, I get way too serious in conversations or intense or open up or whatnot, and that, and that really, um, that really has a profound, uh, impotent creating impact when it comes to connection, that actually playfulness and fun and that banter and wittiness and maybe a little sarcasm, whatever, uh, is, is a really, is a necessary integral part of connecting with one another. So, cause I mean, think about it when we're children, we do that or children and their parents have this beautiful experience of laughing and enjoying and engaging in that way. And so why wouldn't that be carried into uh, our relational or, or romantic relationships, and, and then the, even the sexual arena. So think about what might be blocking you from uh, from having that component within your, your sexual experience with another. So it's not the remedy, obviously, to vulnerable emotional connection. Um, like when we, you know, when we feel that lack or, or that distance and that closeness, it's, it's it usually... Um, it, when there's disconnection, it comes from this avoidance of emotional engagement and and then this intentional seeing one another, turning towards each other, this commitment to do so. 
um, you know, when we feel that distance, there's, uh, it's, it's an important part because we are going to feel that distance or we are going to feel that disconnection. And that, that's a signal to us of, of, oh man, I miss this person or there's, there's some, I want to be close to this person. And, uh, and so really being able to connect on that emotional level is really, it's vital. And so, and some, and part of that is also working through hurts and pains and wounds that come up that, um, that will impact closeness. And I think when people really, um, really intentionally move towards that with one another, it, and, and stay together in that, even if it's hard, uh, that it, it does create this impact, that it does generate closeness. And so, um, but people that feel this lack, they think I need to, we need to add stuff like let's add pornography or let's add position, new positions and toys and places and whatever. And, um, you know, and not that those things aren't an added element for fun or enjoyment, like, you know, new positions or whatnot. Um, but, but if people are thinking we need to increase that, then it's usually because they're, they're dealing with this emotional disconnect that's happening in the relationship. And you can even, that can even be translated in just our lives in general. There's so many people that feel like myself have felt this lostness in my life and feeling so directionless. And, and so I start going crazy internally in my mind and I start thinking, Oh, well maybe I need to do this and maybe I need to travel more. Maybe I need to. And, uh, and, and it's really because I don't like this feeling lost or directionless. And, and there's this attempt to get out of that. And then when I, if I've done that, uh, that resurfaces eventually. So it's signaling something that I need to embrace that that's there and let that be there and not judge it. So I think the same thing can be translated in the sexual experience that when there's this lack, it's important to look at the lack and are we, are we emotionally connected? Are we engaging? What's, what's creating this distance? Uh, it deserves that understanding as well. Um, but, but again, pornography is an attempt to convey some of the elements of playfulness through maybe like role-playing narrative, spontaneity, um, but it does miss, I believe, this genuine intimate connection and this bonding experience that happens. And then you can see within the realms of pornography that there's this um, there's this element of adding shock uh, through degradation or whatnot of another. Uh, so creating this kind of shock experience to create novelty and surprise. And uh, and again, novelty is important um, and 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 fun spontaneity. That's in, that's I think a needed necessary ingredient, but uh, but they create they try to replicate that through this shocking experience of adding something that's almost kind of traumatic, and and I would say maybe crosses the lines of humanity in terms of it being destructive instead of enhancing connection and beauty. Um, so the the next part of this too is then the the person you watch i believe is the person you there's a part of you that longs to be this so i've talked with friends and clients uh who say they watch um a, a same sex partner so they're watching like heterosexual sex but the same sex partner is uh say confident you know assertive um whatnot. And that's important to pay attention to. Or, um, well, 
I'll touch on that in a little bit, but, uh, so, and, and, yeah, I think it's important to ask ourselves, like, why, why is that? Why am I drawn to this particular person, how they're displaying their sexuality? Um, that I, when I've, I've touched on this with people, I think what we've both uncovered is that there's, there's this fear of taking initiative. There's this fear of putting their own needs forward. There's this fear of, of, uh, of inviting something different in the sexual experience. And so, uh, so, but, but seeing they're drawn to it and, and seeing this person through this, through this movie, through this video, that there's this confidence and that they're longing to portray that they're longing to carry that within themselves. Uh, there's the other end too, where, uh, someone might watch porn and, and see the opposite sex partner and, and they're more confident and they take initiative. And what's fascinating too is that some of the men, uh, well, one in particular who has viewed pornography, he specifically drawn pornography where the, the, the female partner actually looks like their wife. And, uh, and, and, and this particular person is displaying more of a confidence and initiative. And they talked about how their, their wife feels very insecure, doesn't initiate, um, will just kind of say, well, whatever you want, you know, whatever you want to do. And, and it drives, it drives this person crazy, understandably so, because they're wanting, they're wanting their partner to participate. They're wanting that partner to, to feel secure in their own skin. And because that insecurity does impact that, that connection, they don't want to be the one that just takes the reins and decides. They want this mutual engagement. I think that's really cool. Really, uh, really neat discovery. So, but, but viewing this awakens this desire to be that which the other person carries. Think of it like, um, you know, a musician or whatnot. I, I love, I love music, really unique music and, uh, creative music in that way. And, and well, that might, sound like an oxymoron, but, um, but, but just, I don't know, music done very differently. And, and I also like playing music. And so sometimes I'll listen to musicians and, oh man, it inspires me. And I start, you know, I start, things start getting pulled out of me that I didn't know were within me. And, and, uh, and so, but, but this, but experiencing this musician or the way this person expresses themselves through, through their music, uh, it awakens something in me this musician in me, this creative part in me. And so, um, and so when we're viewing certain people, uh, within the realms of pornography, we need to pay attention to that of, of what is it, what is it that we're longing for? What might be missing in us? And it's, you know, it's not about, I, I just, I want to clarify this, that it's not about getting off. It's really about, getting connected to their partner, but there's this fear and risk to bring up their needs or take initiative. Um, they're really turning to porn to find themselves. There's this lack within and within the relationship that's worth exploring. So, uh, then there's also now crossing these realms of, uh, I would say in the more dangerous realms within pornography. So what, what I'm kind of talking about is more erotica or expresses this beautiful, genuine connection. There's a mutual enjoyment, playfulness, novelty, closeness. Um, but there's also a good portion of pornography that doesn't portray this celebratory expression of human sexuality and engagement. In fact, I think it can derail into something, or does derail into something uh, harmful and degrading. 
And so one of the aspects of that is, say, like force or control. It's not necessarily violence, but there's aggressiveness in that. And, uh, and so, and so this happens and it's not necessarily aggressive. It could be even the initial encounter can be aggressive. Um, like in the dating experience before sex is even initiated, that there can be this aggressive display of like desired closeness. And so, uh, so whether you're viewing pornography that portrays that, or this is how you interact with partners in life, the the signal of this is this intense desire for closeness, to feel close and to create security uh, before there's even an emotional closeness or an experiential knowing of this person, uh, an unfolding, um, uh, progressive unfolding experience of knowing who this person is. Um, but I think people that kind of jump into that, uh, in, it indicates a real, uh, a real struggle with loneliness and a real hunger to, to be connected, but there's also a fear of this loneliness, being alone, um, and this emptiness and this longing. And so there's an attempt to, to remedy this within. And so I think this fear is also, it, it, it stems from relational hurt uh, from the past. And, and it really, actually, this uh, impulsive, I would say, or action to 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 create security it, it's an attempt to try to deal with the pain um but it actually masks it masks masks i can't say that word masks the pain instead of heals it so um so yeah that's something to kind of take note of um if we're viewing something like that or we're engaging sexually with someone in that way in relationships when we're we're kind of creating these shortcuts and, and jumping into relationships really close and, and uh, really s- sending strong sexual signals. Um, it could be that there's this desire to feel really close and this, um, this fear of not having that connection. So then, then we go further into this realm of pornography, and I would call this more the dangerous realm of pornography, where there's degradation, humiliation, abuse, violence, um, and so when when uh, there's this degrading, violent expression of sexuality, I think there's um, there's a couple reasons. There could be more than that, but these are the ones that came up for me in 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 understanding why people venture into this into these. Um, realms there. Uh, so think of, like I've said, like that sexual expression is mirroring something else within the, the, in that way of, uh, how we relate to others and to ourselves, how we connect outside of, of the sexual realm, what we feel towards ourselves, what we feel towards others. Um, it, it, it gets expressed through this, through our sexuality, through our connection with someone else, or what we view in pornography. And so the sexual arena is, it's this—it's where the vulnerable self truly surfaces. So, um, so if someone's viewing acts of violence or degradation of, of someone else, I really think that it points to an anger and a rage within. So think about, think about, when you've felt really enraged with someone, if you actually let yourself feel enraged and angry, which we're 
meant to be able to do that. Um, think about if you've had fantasies of maybe destroying or harming that individual, right? Like, like there's this satisfaction that comes with that. We, we crave vindication. And, um, but, but when we, when we, and we're meant to actually express our anger and rage, uh, because it needs that outlet, it needs it needs to be released. It needs to be connected to and released so it doesn't stay within. Um, and I, I keep saying this, but I'm also going to have a piece where I touch on anger and um, really address the judgment we've put on anger and how it's actually a vital and important emotion uh, to growing, to feeling connected, to feeling closer to someone, to creating intimacy. But we, um, but when we push down our anger or rage, it leads to destructive actions, um, like self-destructive actions or destroying others, and then uh, and then this uh, fantasy, what begins as fantasy, it gives birth to reality. Um, so I think about too, like my own fantasies uh, of of violence before I, I there was there was a time where I was bullied by people, um, kind of throughout elementary school and even through high school or parts of high school. And I would, I remember that I was, I was teased in front of the class. Uh, I think it was my sophomore year in high school in my Spanish class. And I was teed. And when I get embarrassed, I get, I turn bright red, like bright red. I'm like, thanks God for, thanks for that feature in me. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I did, I, I, w- I would stand, I stood in front of the class to give a speech and then this kid just started making fun of me. And I wasn't protected. No one protected me. No one stood up. The teacher didn't even stand up. And this kid just made fun of me for a while in front of the class. And uh, and I remember just months, maybe even years after that, I would just, every once in a while, toss and turn and just have these fantasies of just just really destroying this person, getting back at him. And, and really what was coming from that was this need to just allow myself to feel the anger that I never did. My fantasy was indicating that that was, um, that that was needed to be felt and addressed. So I think that when someone's viewing pornography in this realm, it really highlights an anger and rage within. But there's also this fear of expressing this to other people that they're angry, uh, or especially to that person they're intimate with, or they're in, in, in an intimate circle, like close friendships or family. Um, so, and, and when we feel this anger towards that person as well, I mean, that's terrifying to express it to them. So, uh, so that's, that's one aspect of that. And, uh, and I think anger is really, I do, I think it's this beautiful emotion that when it's expressed vulnerably, it can actually bring intimacy. And, um, and so I think the ang- and anger, following through and connecting to our anger can lead to actually uh, tenderness. And then the other reason that someone might be viewing, uh, might be venturing into these realms uh, is, is they're seeking out novelty. So now what I mean by novelty is these new experiences that kind of create excitement and pleasure and then satisfaction. Really, it's the hunt for satisfaction. Um, they, they have to try to increase the pleasure to get to satisfaction, so they go into more shocking or degrading expressions of pornography, and they normally wouldn't seek this out. No one, no one, think about it, no one, um, maybe in, in kind of a sober-minded 
in a sober-mindedness would uh, would actually want to view or get turned on or desire that. But but when this um, when there's this hiddenness about viewing pornography happens, we uh, it, it again it creates this forbiddenness, and we keep crossing into it and into it and into it. And we're looking for connection. We're looking to feel satisfied, and so um, and that what we viewed, what we normally would view, uh, has lost that satisfaction, and so we push further and further. We go further and further in um, uh, into those holes, and find ourselves viewing things that normally like would would probably shock us traumatize us and uh but we become desensitized and so and i also think it's a reflection of someone feeling a lot of self-hatred for just viewing pornography and what they've seen and so and we're not meant to stay feeling shame and and feel this self-hatred we're, we're not meant to actually hold that within we're meant to hold love and and care within but so because we don't want to feel that understandably, then the hunt, the hunt continues. So those are just, those are just things to, to think about and consider as to why, why others or you yourself turn to pornography and view certain things. It's, it's, it doesn't cover all the intricacies. It's more, uh, to start a conversation. It's to puncture this right, wrong, good, bad structure, paradigm. We, we look at things of pornography with. And so, um, uh, and, and you can even carry this into other things that you, you judge yourself uh, for, uh, that you wrestle with. Like maybe it's eating certain things or eating or whatever, or shopping or gambling or drinking or whatever it might be. The, the wrestling is not about the, the, the action. The wrestling is due to the hiding, not the act. And so it stops us from learning valuable truths. And, and I, you know, I want to connect this to even when, when Jesus said, you know, about judgment is to look at the log in your own eye. And uh, he's talking about this internal examination, this, this awareness, not out of self-hatred, but just looking at what am I trying to meet? What am I really going for here? What am I moving towards? Uh, what, what is this? What, what, am I, what am I really longing for deep within? And so I think understanding what we're drawn towards will help us connect and move closer to our own hearts and our pains and our desires. That, that, that we start to become aware of what is more genuine and life-giving and satisfying and meaningful. And that when we can do that, even for ourselves, is that we can then help others to do the same. Then when people are talking about these these struggles that they feel so much shame for and they've, they've hidden for so long, it's like they can look at someone and see, see the person they're opening up to and see these eyes that are filled with compassion and care and tears and because of, because of the hiding, not because of what they've done, but just because of how much they, they, they've been so riddled, so imprisoned, so tormented by hate, self-hatred, and so angry at themselves and, and, and wanting to die or wanting to end their lives. And then, and that when they, when they experience someone that doesn't carry that which they carry within that that it's the opposite there's this, there's this these healing oils of love and compassion and that they help this person they they weep with the person they they get angry with the person they they laugh with the person and they help them see 
uh, truly what they've been looking for, what they've been desiring the whole time, that we we get to walk in that. And that's what's so beautiful. And that, to me, is so thrilling and exciting that we we can begin to access that in ourselves and, and help others to access that. And, uh, and, and that's what Jesus did. He just spoke to the heart without any judgment. He spoke to what was there and, uh, and, and to help draw out the true self. And that's what we're called. That's what we're all called to do. It doesn't matter, you know, what religion you're part of. Like, like I think truly that's what we're called to do, is to draw that out. It's to draw out the true self that becomes more connected to God and life and to each other and, and to experience true, present living and indulgement. So, that is it for now. Take care.